0: like to wait some of you may say you don't mind but I've seen you in the fast-food line when you're asked to pull up and wait (laughs) I have a family of six and I hate that scenario so bad I've literally trained my family to order the most common thing that that restaurant serves and still at times we are asked to pull up and wait I'll be honest, I hate waiting. My husband will tell you, I won't even wait for the oven to preheat. I just go ahead and put the food in while it heats up. I can be so impatient at times. And that brings me to tell you about a few people in the Bible that had to wait. Maybe you've been waiting for something. Maybe for a long time. I encourage you to listen to their story. Luke chapter 8, starting in verse 43, tells us of a woman who had been waiting. It starts in verse 43, and it says, A woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him, talking about Jesus, and touched the edge of his cloak, or the hem of his garment, some versions say, and immediately her bleeding stopped. "'Who touched me?' Jesus asked. "'When they all denied it, Peter said, "'Master, the people are crowding and pressing in against you.' "'But Jesus said, "'Someone touched me. "'I know that power has gone out from me.' "'Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, "'came trembling and fell at his feet "'in the presence of all of the people.' She told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, he called her daughter, Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. This woman suffered terribly for 12 years waiting on a cure, spending everything she had on doctors. And when she heard that Jesus was in town, She determined that if she could just touch the hem of his clothes, then she would be healed. And that is exactly what happened. She was healed and determined to slip away unnoticed. She had no intention of anyone knowing what had happened. And that's because she was an outcast. She was considered unclean. She was not supposed to be around people because she was unclean. She had uh, an issue of blood. Um, And so she just wanted to get healed, and then she did, and she wanted to scamper away and not be noticed. But Jesus would not let that happen. He called her out in the middle of a bustling, busy crowd. Before she could get away, he stopped everything and everybody and said, Who touched me? I love Peter's response. <laughs> He's like, Lord, uh, are you serious? I mean, everybody's bumping into each other. And, and you know, what, what do you mean? Who touched me? This was an intentional thing that Jesus is doing. He intends for this woman to be recognized. He intends for her identity to be known. This woman waited for 12 years to be healed. And Jesus wants her to be recognized for her faith. He will not let her slip away into the crowd because God deserved the glory for what was done. He endorsed her story. In essence, people may not have believed her story. Have you ever had a book or a collector's item and, or, or you met somebody famous, you stood in a line to get that author's signature in the book it, because it verifies that you met that person? This item has significance because you can verify that where it came from. Jesus, by calling this woman out, He basically puts his signature on this woman and gave her verification. And he authenticated her identity and testimony for all future generations. Here we are 2,000 years later and she is still famous. This unnamed woman is still famous. She's famous because she chose to let God's glory shine through her. She didn't have to answer Jesus. She could have continued to shrink away in the crowd. But oh, my friends, when you have been touched by the master and he calls you out, you're going to want to answer. This became her story. She thought she waited 12 years to be healed. She didn't realize she'd been waiting her whole life for this moment. She'd been waiting her whole life to get an autographed copy of a story that God was writing through her. All of the suffering and poor, pitiful me moments, all of the whys, all of the rejection and the condemnation, all of the loneliness and the thoughts the enemy planted in her mind, it was all to be used to bring honor and glory to God think for just a minute, have you ever considered, have you ever considered that your weight is part of God's enormous plan, a plan so magnificent that you can't even begin to comprehend it? This woman whose name is never mentioned had no idea that she and her story would be part of the best-selling book of all time (laughs) translated into all languages that there would be songs written about her that there would be preachers using her as an example in their sermons and all because of a 12 year battle with a sickness friends let me remind you that God is the author of your story He is the main character. We get that confused so many times in our stories. God is the main character in our story. We, or you, have a supporting role. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy of the story that he would get to tell, he endured the cross. And he gets the joy of writing your story. Don't despise your waiting. Do not despise your waiting. You are just between chapters. To better illustrate this point, I want to introduce you to another unnamed person in the Bible. Maybe you feel insignificant at times. that Nobody knows you. Listen, the Bible is full of unnamed people that God used and we're still reading about. But this man, his story is found in John chapter 9. And this man was born blind. He was blind from birth. People assumed that he or his parents had sinned because to have been burdened with this kind of condition, it only made sense that somebody was to blame for this. It makes me think of the story of Job, how the Bible says that Job walked perfectly and God had so much confidence in him that God actually suggested to Satan that he test Job. Remember how Job's friends automatically assumed Job had sinned? that This was his fault. In some way, he was responsible for what was happening to him. His circumstances were directly related to his faith or his lack of faith or his sin. That mentality is still alive and well today. There are still people who will tell you, well, you're not healed because you just don't have enough faith or you're in this condition because there's a secret sin you're not talking about. But listen to Jesus' response in John chapter 9, verse 3. He said, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. Jesus answered, This came about so that God's works might be displayed in him. Sometimes, our circumstances are the consequences of bad decisions and sin sometimes but sometimes they are a vessel to display the glory of God that's what happened in the story of Job that's what happened with the woman with the issue of blood and that's what's happening in this story with this man who was born blind this man in my understanding had been born without eyes, without eyeballs all of his life. He was an outcast. And listen, Jesus said that it was part of his purpose. All of that rejection and shame and feeling inadequate, Jesus said that that was part of this man's purpose. This man waited all of his life for this day. And don't miss this right here. Don't miss this. The day came. The day came. Your day will come too. Don't give up. I need you to know that your day is coming. Your wait will be over one day. Don't give up. Jesus, after saying that the man was born in this condition to to display the work of God, he spits on the ground the DNA of God mixed with clay the very substance from which he formed Adam with. And he fashions eyes out of mud. And he places these mud balls in the man's eyes and tells him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. Get this, when I was reading, my study Bibles told me this and I didn't know it before, but the word Siloam means scent. Go wash in the pool of scent. <laughs> it reinforces the fact that this is the pivotal point of, In this man's destiny. He was sent there with a purpose. When he washed, he came back seeing. No one believed that this was the same man because all of a sudden he had eyes. All of a sudden they're not sunken holes where there was nothing there. All of a sudden this man has eyes. They even called his parents to verify that this was the same man. This uneducated man was questioned by experts of the Levitical law. And his answers proved them to be the uneducated ones. This was his story. My favorite line in his story is uh, where it says, this one thing I know. Because they have just overwhelmed him with question after question and won't receive his answers. And my favorite answer is when he gets to this point where he says, this one thing I know. I was blind, but now I see. Can't we all say that at some point in time in our life? When we were sinners, we were blind, but now we see. This uneducated man proved them, the Pharisees, to be the uneducated ones. This was his story. He had been verified and authenticated by Jesus. When God writes your story, the enemy will try to ruin it, but he can't. (laughs) So what he'll do is he will try to get you out of the spotlight. The Pharisees couldn't stand this man, so they threw him out. And when he was thrown out from them, Jesus came and he found him and he gave him further instruction. When your day of waiting ends, it will be recognized by many people. And Jesus will give you instructions on how to proceed with the story he is writing for you. Let me reiterate that every story that Jesus writes has a happy ending. There are plot twists and nail-biting moments, but there is no more thrilling story than the one he has placed in you. Your time of waiting will give way to a huge spotlight to display the works of God in your life. Do not despise the waiting. He is writing while you were waiting. The next chapter is going to be amazing, something you could not even imagine. These folks never imagined that they would be uh, talked about for thousands of years and inspire so many others. God had plans for them just as He does for you. Jeremiah 29:11 says, For I know the plans I have for you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. You've got a future, friend. Let go of the pen. Wait patiently while he writes. It'll be worth it, I promise. God bless you, friends.